This should be played at high volume. Live and local, this is the game. Southwest Louisiana's sports station. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. It's Saturday, and you know what that means. Finally time for the world-famous CD to step to the mic for two straight hours of no-holds-barred sports talk. It's better than Desperate Housewives. Oh, you You better get ready. Yeah! Because Under the Dome with CD starts right now. Let's do it. I'm ready. Let's do it. Do it. And welcome, everyone. Good morning to you on this beautiful Saturday morning. My goodness gracious, it is a fantastic day because, hey, it is game day. And more importantly, it is football season it's always a good time to have a great time appreciate you listening in be it through the free game mobile app 1037thegame.com your favorite smart speakers if you haven't already make sure you enable our skill just ask alexa to play the game southwest louisiana it is just that simple it's absolutely free to do as well so that's even better and again, appreciate you listening in, be it in the Lafayette area, the 337 on 1037. And then also over in Lake Charles, Louisiana, where they got a big game going on today as well. Didn't mention that in the two-minute drill, but McNeese State playing under the bright lights for the first time since before the Hurricanes. Absolutely great news for that area. Looking to get off the 0-2 Schneid to start off the season, taking on Alcorn State. So I'm looking forward to seeing what they bring to the table tonight with kickoff at 7 o'clock. Again, bright lights over in the Chuck. That is a great thing to hear. Got a great show planned for you today. But, of course, we need to get started and get down to brass tacks about what's causing all this. On a Louisiana Saturday morning, and we go ahead and get that started with your Saturday Sports Sermon. The famous CD is on his soapbox to start your Saturday. Oh, testify! It's time for your Saturday Sports Sermon. They say anything can happen in the world of college football. They say any given Sunday. Honestly, it's any given Saturday. If you're talking about the world of college football, and more importantly, the Sun Belt Conference. For a long time, I remember hearing WCW being called where the big boys play, the land of the Giants. I think we can officially consider the Sun Belt Conference the land of the giant killers. Don't believe me? Let me run down this entire thing about what's going on. In the Sunbelt Conference, just last week, you had Marshall do something they had. They turned the clock back to the early 2000s or mid to late 2000s. Can't remember which. But they beat number eight, Notre Dame. The Thundering Herd, a team that the Cajuns beat last year in the New Orleans Bowl. Again, this is the first year they are in the Sunbelt Conference and they've already made a statement win with a 26-21 victory over the Notre Dame Fighting Irish. 
Marcus Freeman, the Irish, maybe having buyer's remorse and maybe feeling a little bit of regret letting one Brian Kelly go again. It's still early on in both these guys' tenures as head coaches at their new programs. And there's still a lot to be determined. Hell, we talked about it last week. Billy Napier, he looked damn good in his first game at Florida. Mind you, played a lot, lot stiffer competition in the in Kentucky. And the SEC is going to be a lot like that. We said that as well last week. Then you get to probably the most satisfying win of the weekend is App State beating Texas A&M 17-14. Now, why do I say satisfying? First off, not a huge fan of Texas A&M. So anytime they can take an L, I am all the way here for it. And it's always amazing. It's always amazing when we see Texas A&M fall short of the mark. And against App State, they turned the clock back to 2007, 15 years ago, when they beat Michigan. They didn't need a blocked field goal to do it. They just did what they do best, and that's eat up clock like it's nobody's business, like it's a big bowl of Cheez-Its. They couldn't stop eating up as much clock as possible and suffocated the Aggies. I saw that same thing when App State played the Cajuns all the way back in 2019. The last time App State has won, by the way, against the Cajuns. Because I remember that game. I was on the field for that. And I can tell you, 2019, that was a game where they just controlled the clock from start to finish and then we get to the more surprising one in a sense and it's the fact that you have Nebraska lose 45-42 you're right 45-42 to of all teams would have never guessed this Georgia Southern and going back to App State you damn near had an App State team start the season 2-0. 2-0. And it was because of the fact that you had them in a barn burner, one of the best games of the year against North Carolina. I know it's only week three right now, but that was a damn good game, especially if you love high-scoring offenses. So App State could have had two wins over Power 5 teams in a world where we'd have the college football playoff expanded this year. App State would have a strong-ass opportunity to be in that CFP. Mind you, they have to win the conference championship as well. But going back to Georgia Southern, the Eagles getting it done against Nebraska. And here's the hilarious part of all this. Because not only did this, and I'm not laughing because the guy losing his job, it's more the fact that he they lost this game. And instead of waiting out two weeks, and paying them out, I think, $7 million in a buyout and saving yourself a little bit of money, they said, screw it. We don't like the results that this team is bringing to the table, so let's go ahead and get him out of our company. They basically were like, all right, they basically threw him out like he's Uncle Phil throwing jazz out the house on an episode of Fresh Prince. That's where that program's at. And regardless of what you can think about the Nebraska program, they've fallen on hard times, daddy. That program 
is still a power five team that's still an upset on paper at the end of the day that's where i'm at when it comes to the state of the sunbelt conference it's not, that's not even the more crazy one because you had Vatech a couple weeks ago start off their season with a loss and wouldn't you know it's a sunbelt team in fact the newest of the newcomers a team jumping from the fcs level to the fbs in old dominion that's right odu that east division is looking as stacked as it's ever been and i'm telling you right now if you are a fan of college football keep an eye on the upset kings the land of the giant killers that is the Sun Belt Conference. We talk, we call it the Fun Belt. I'm, I love the name, the Fun Belt, because trust me, this has been nothing but fun. Sitting here all week and saying, "Hey, Sun Belt Conference looks like they're up to something." The Sun Belt Conference is looking like they are the big dogs. Looking like they are the biggest dog in this group of five world. Now, it's, and it makes you wonder. I thought about this this morning as I was getting ready for the show. All this happening, I think the pressure is even more on the Louisiana Raging Cajuns. They're playing Rice today. Big deal. They got Florida State right down the road over in November in Tallahassee. Yes, this isn't a Florida State team led by Jimbo Fisher, the tail end, where he basically left that thing about as barren as the Sahara Desert. Like, you are praying for some water, if you will, over in Florida State a few years ago. This isn't that team. This is a team that is ready to get things done and secure a big old bag of wins at the end of the day. So if you wanted me to tell you right now what's the conference to watch, it's not the conference that just means more. There are going to be some fun games, but I'm telling you, you're going to have a lot more fun week in and week out watching nothing but the best of the Sun Belt Conference, where it means more. But I think it also means that if you're a Power 5 team, you better watch out. You better not overlook any team. I don't care if it's Arkansas State who competed really well against a program like the Ohio State Buckeyes, a team that everybody's touting really heavily. Arkansas State competed. That game was a plus 44-point spread, and they managed to keep that bad boy very, very competitive compared to what everybody thought it was going to be. I mean, that game was a 45-12 win. It was a, it was a drubbing, but plus 44. The old saying is good teams win, but absolute great teams cover. Arkansas State has a claim to stake as being a great team simply because of the fact they wait for it, covered the spread. But it's always fun to be talking about the Sun Belt in a positive light because for a while it didn't look all that positive. The outlook was bleak, but now we're out of the doldrums of certain eras. Keith Gill is leading this conference into an era, not an attitude era, but an era of prosperity. Absolutely loving what I'm seeing with the conference 
in the group of five. The underdogs, but also the giant killers. All right, it's Under the Dome with CD right here on the game. Appreciate you listening into the program. Going to go ahead and take a quick timeout. And when we come back, we got a lot more to get to. Namely, high school football, week three in the books, and definitely was an interesting night across the Acadiana area with double overtime heartbreak. A big upset in class three, excuse me, in division 3-5A. The districts had a big upset over there. St. Thomas More was able to handle their business in a first ever meeting and so much more. So keep it locked right here on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles for more of Under the Dome with CD on Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. Oh, and by the way, we are also your home for the Houston Astros and the LSU Tigers. Who is the world-famous CD, really? Whatever you think, when you think sports radio, he's the exact opposite. Yes, I will do the opposite. Let's get back to Under the Dome with CD before he starts acting like Costanza. George is getting upset! On the game, 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Welcome back to Under the Dome with CD right here on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. We are Southwest Louisiana Sports Station and also your home for the Houston Astros. And more importantly, tonight, the LSU Tigers are getting ready to open up SEC play tonight with a victory over Mississippi State Bulldogs. We'll be talking with Steve Robertson, getting a perspective on what's going on with those Bulldogs in just a little bit with our guy Steve Robertson part of Gene's page and also 24-7 Sports. We'll get to him at the bottom of the hour. But you can listen to all the action right here on the game. 103.7 Lafayette and 104.1 Lake Charles. Pre-game at 3 o'clock. Hunt Palmer. I believe you got Jeremy Hill. And let me talk to you. No, not let me talk to you. That's a different guy entirely. But hello, somebody. Marlon Favorite at 3 o'clock. And then Chris Blair and crew are going to take over at Five o'clock over at Tiger Stadium. Mississippi State, LSU, live and in living color from Death Valley. And if you're driving around the area, like I'll be later on today, you can listen to it right here on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. Quick disclaimer, if you're out there listening on the free mobile app, just know that once 3 o'clock rolls around, you'll kind of just stay with what we have on the national front due to some obligations and also some regulations involving the airing of LSU football on mobile apps. Different conversation, can't really do anything about it. But what I can do about something about is the fact that we haven't talked anything about high school football yet. Let's remedy that right now and get to what happened last night across the Acadian area and also a little bit of Thursday night action as well. Thursday night, Football in District 3-5A got underway with a crazy, crazy ball game between Acadiana High and New Iberia over in Bill Dotson Stadium. The Reckon Rams cut through New Iberia like a hot knife through butter 48-14. I said it to you week one. Yes, they lost a game to LCA. Big deal. LCA is an absolute monster. So I can say right here, right now, 
I'm more than okay with, I'm understanding, in fact, of the LCA loss to Acadiana. Makes all the sense in the world to me. I get it. It was tough to see that season opener and that loss, the way it, the way it ended. But after that, you are getting into district play the next several weeks. I keep saying it, and people don't believe me. I'm wondering if people are actually listening to the program and understand that once you get into district play in your Acadiana High, you are going to be going through teams like a hot knife through butter because you're that damn good. And more importantly, I feel like Matt McCullough and his crew are extra motivated to get back to the top, especially after that season opening loss. I think they might not lose another game this year. The only other teams I could see them competing against and having a chance of a, I would say, upset is a team like the Bar Buccaneers, Karen Crow, and Southside. And we'll get to Southside and Karen Crow in a minute. But you also had Sam Houston and Barb last night. That one went to almost 11 o'clock last night. In fact, if you were in Lake Charles, you were hearing an absolute barn burner on 104-1 the game. 43-42, Sam Houston wins a close double overtime ball game. And anytime there's a double overtime ball game, I need to be front and center listening to that broadcast. Mark Judson, Scott Holtzman, the Wildcat, Jack Miller on the sideline call, absolutely putting on a tremendous effort on their side. Again, Barb lost 43-42. Yet Southside, take down Karen Crow. And what many are calling, and I'm starting to agree with them, is the mo- is the biggest win in the young history of the Southside Sharks program. And it's great to see because, again, I'm an, all, I'm an alum of Karen Crow Full disclosure. I've talked about it time and again here on this station. But seeing Southside beat Karen Crow, that was a huge win. I think it's more importantly a huge win because it was 49-23. It wasn't, you know, you won by the skin of your teeth. You were winning going away. At one point, that ball game was 28-8 to near halftime. That is a victory if there ever was one. So congrats to the Sharks. Matt Miguez, Steve Pelequin called a hell of a ball game. And Ben Love and Blaine Viator did pretty well as well over on Z1059. Both those guys, phenomenal play-by-play guys. Notre Dame beat Como 34-14. Laviette beat Sulphur 42-25. Some other games involving Arcadian area teams, namely... You had the STM Cougars for what was the first time ever matchup. Feels weird to say that, especially involving two state of Louisiana teams. It's rare to see a first time ever matchup. It's like when you see in a pro wrestling, these quote unquote dream matches. This was a dream match if there ever was one. Because you have a matchup between St. Thomas More and Brother Martin. 30 to 16, the Cougars rolled over brother martin great to see that then you also had a defensive battle between the abbeville wildcats last night and north vermilion the patriots come up short the wildcats get a 12 to 7 win right there absolutely a fun little ball game there then you have opelous's catholic port buried this was a thursday night as i like to say almost thursday night dynamite type matchup and this was absolutely explosive 
from the word go. More on the Apples' Catholic side. They shut out Port Barry 52 to nothing. Definitely a one-sided game. The Vikings are looking pretty doggone good right here, right now. Just interested to see how it's all going to go down over the next several weeks. Notre Dame, again, beat Como 34-14. A couple other matchups of note that kind of stick out to me. Has to be a Voyles blowing Yunus out of the water, 50-28. to Yet Lafayette Christian Academy, this was another huge win. 4-4-A had themselves a hell of a night in non-district play. Damn near every team in that district won. The only one that didn't was North Vermillion, but they had a defensive battle. Lafayette Christian beat Jesuit, the Blue Jays, 28-25. And one Gordy Rush who does the sideline for the LSU football game, which you'll hear on the game. 103-7 Lafayette, 104-1 Lake Charles. He may not be too happy about that, but that was a hell of a ball game. And then you have a shootout between Turlings Catholic and St. Charles Catholic. Don't worry, nobody was harmed in that. But the Rebels come away with a 28-22 victory. West St. Mary loses to Northside. Northside gets their first win of the year, 52-6. Hot dog. And then Westgate, the reigning, defending, undisputed Class 4A state champions. They rolled over Evangel 37-21. A little over two-touchdown win over a powerhouse in the state of Louisiana. You love to see it. St. Martinville beat Bro Bridge 41-13. Yet a heck of a ball game between Port Allen and Livonia. This one was a low-scoring game, but I love those 6-0. Port Allen comes away with the dub. Another matchup of note here. Northwest beat Beauchene 47-16. Northwest is looking good. Erath beat Catholic High New Iberia 30-20. Iota beat Crowley 15-8. You had Welsh shutting out Hamilton Christian. I believe this was Thursday night action. Welsh explosive if there ever was one. And speaking of explosive, I know they don't allow you to bet on high school football. I get that. It's understandable. But I'll be damned if I didn't want to throw some money down on this one once I saw the final score. 65-52 Patterson beats Ascension Episcopal. If you took the over in that ball game, congratulations. You are an absolute degenerate, and I love you for that. But that's some of the other games involving Acadian area teams. But we're getting ready for week four. And week four is going to be a pretty fun week on our family of stations. We're going to go from left to right. We're going to go down the football field of our stations here at Delta Media. I'm going all the way to the back, 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 back. More the front of our station. Z1059, you'll have Karakrow. They're on the road taking on Sulphur in a big district matchup. Then the Vermilion, no, excuse me, not Vermilion, the St. Landry Parish game of the week is going to be on a Friday night. After the last two weeks being on Thursdays, they're back on Fridays with Eunice traveling to take on Northwest. That should be a fun ball game. Hopefully the connection does sustain because I know for a fact Northwest, maybe not the best coverage area. I'll just say that much in terms of cells, cell coverage. 
Uh, 104 won the game. You've got Barb. They're taking on Pineville in a non-district matchup. Southside trying to come off a huge win over Carrico. Keep the momentum rolling and improve to 3-1 and one, and more importantly 2-0 and oh, hopefully on the season in district play. They got Nish at New Iberia Senior High. Then you got the Acadiana High Wrecking Rams on the rewind. They'll be on a Thursday night tip against Lafayette High. And here's the thing. They won't be at Lafayette High because Lafayette High is going through a lot of renovations. They're tearing down the entire baseball stadium. They're moving that to Sly Sci, if I'm not mistaken. And then they're also tearing down the football stadium because they're making a lot of renovations to Lafayette High. So Mighty Lions fans, Wrecking Rams fans, if you don't know, now you know. This game will be played at Lafayette Christian Academies stadium because you know again that's kind of a thing that happens in the world of sports just sometimes the card is always subject to change and venues are always subject to change vermilion catholic at erath is next week's vermilion parish game of the week over on 106.3 radio lafayette and then you have a big ball game against Catholic High, Baton Rouge. You're, the STM Cougars travel to the 225 for a big game in week number four. You'll hear that right here on the game in Lafayette 1037. But I want to wrap up this segment with something I saw the other day that was completely insane. And I, I, I don't understand how this all happened. So there was a game last night involving teams in the state of Texas that. It blows my mind this is what happened. So apparently, there were two teams, Fredericksburg and Wimberley. And this will be relatable to a lot of teams in the Acadian area and statewide because we all know about the referee shortage. It's Every year we keep hearing about it, it feels like it's a broken record. But I'm blown away by what happened in the state of Texas last night because apparently there was a shortage of referees that caused a game to be delayed on Friday night. And there was a miscommunication between the schools and the referees on the date of the football game. And they wound up having volunteers acting as the referees for the game that was agreed upon by both teams. But there's more to it. Because it turns out both coaches agreed to pull both Wimberley and Fredericksburg ex-coaches to ref the game and play it from there. But after they contacted the UIL, which is basically their version of the LHSA, the plan was shut down due to a requirement that certified TASO refs are needed to referee a legal varsity football game, so they're playing in about an hour from right now. But that's a crazy story. Like, right when I saw that last night, not necessarily on my radar, but I was blown away by that little story over in Texas because it kind of relates to what's going on over here. We continue to hear about all these Referee shortages, games getting shifted to either Thursday night or Friday night, or some cases, some games in the area have had to play on Saturdays for a litany of different reasons. We've seen it a lot over the last couple of years, mind you, more, I think, because the Hurricanes games having to get shifted. Knock on wood, we don't have any of that happening anytime soon. I know there's one out there in the Gulf, but it looks like it's going to be making a sharp turn northward before too long. 
and kind of hang out in the Atlantic Ocean. Maybe it likes the water over there a little bit better. Going to go ahead and take a quick timeout here. We got Steve Robertson coming aboard to preview the LSU-Mississippi State game from the Bulldogs' perspective right here on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. And also, you're listening to Under the Dome with CD. The world-famous CD may be in his 30s, but he's still a kid at heart. (laughs) Now, let's get back to a guy that has an unhealthy obsession with a number that offensive linemen wear with Under the Dome with the world-famous CD on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Welcome back to Under the Dome with CD right here on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Appreciate you listening in. And after the show's done, we got something cool going on. Because Hannah Five Names will be live and in living color from noon to one from Acadiana Bar and Grill over in Youngsville at 327 Iberia Street. But if you want to know why, let me tell you why. Because we've got some tickets to see LSU and Cajuns football. We're giving away tickets from noon until 1 at 327 Iberia Street in Youngsville today. And you get to hang with the game, 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. You can swing by to sign up, hang with Hannah, and more importantly, spin the prize wheel, make a deal, and you can win a pair of tickets to either a Raging Cajuns football game or an LSU football game. So go on, hang out with Hannah Five Names today from noon until 1 at Acadiana Bar and Grill. And speaking of the LSU Tigers, they got a big game opening up SEC play against Mike Leach and the Bulldogs, and this series has been definitely competitive as I'll get out the last few years. And to talk about it, we got to get our perspective of what's going on from the Bulldogs POV. And that's from our good friend Steve Robertson, part of 24-7 Sports and jeanspage.com. Steve, how you doing, brother? Well, I'm doing good. I enjoyed a good rock show down at the, at the Revelry last night. Now I'm just in my hotel waiting for game day to start. Who's playing last night at the Revelry? It's a band called Four Way Stop out of uh, Central Mississippi. They're actually um, we're actually doing a show in Starkville for uh, for NIL on September 30th, and they're one of the bands on the bill. So I came down a little bit early to support those guys. Nice, nice. Always love talking to you about be it sports, music, whatever it is. Let's get down to the sports and brass tacks. Start off with Will Rogers. He's been looking good in his first two games, throwing for over 763 yards. What do you say about what he's been able to bring to the table in year number three with Mike Leach at the helm? Well, I think a lot of it's just the command of the offense. You know, that, that's been the issue. I mean, you know, he, he had to start as a true freshman two years ago after KJ Costello proved to be ineffective and got injured and, you know, last year, Will's first time as a starter was, it was kind of up and down at times. There was at times some inconsistency on offense, but you know, this year we've seen maybe a, a level of urgency we didn't see last year, and, and he knows where to go with the football. And he's he's thrown a couple of picks, and both of those have actually been off the hands of receivers. So he had the right read, made the right throw, and he was on target. But he gets saddled with the pick, and I think Will will tell you even after post game 
after Memphis and a little bit last week after Arizona, you know, he has not been satisfied with his performance, which is crazy to think about the numbers he's put up. But to be honest, he's left some things out there, and I think that's what he's expecting to clear up here in the next game or two. And, you know, Steve, like one of the things I was hearing over the last couple of days is involving the fact that Mississippi State just played over in Arizona. It was a late-night ball game, Pac-12 after dark kind of vibes. Do you think that's going to play and it be an issue that, that Mississippi State's having to deal with with the fact that you weren't able to have that full, like let's say, Saturday night to a full good night's sleep, had to sleep on the plane basically going back around Sunday morning, dealing with the jet lag? Do you think that's going to be any kind of issue in tonight's contest? I, I don't. And uh, you know, we, we've had these conversations you know, throughout the week, and it's kind of a revelation to some people that college kids stay up late anyway. But uh, <laughs> You know, but what's interesting, too, is like I asked Leach specifically about that during the Monday presser when we got back from Arizona is, you know, how, how did things change due to you know, getting home so late? And he said they just let them sleep a little bit later and push the Sunday schedule back. And then they had the day off on Monday. And so that they've had time to kind of reacclimate and get settled in. And, and listen, here's the thing, too. You know, when they get in front of that crowd tonight at Tiger Stadium, I mean, you know, everybody's going to be alive and ready to go in that ball game. I mean, that's just, you know, it's, it's the greatest home field advantage in all college football. And so, you know, these are the reasons you come to places like Mississippi State is to play games like this in front of an environment like they're going to see tonight. Exactly. I mean, we talk about the environment. You brought up the fact like if they're if they're not up for it, they might not have a pulse. If I'm being honest with you, once they hear the roar of Tiger Stadium, because you know that thing is going to be packed to damn near to the rafters. But looking at the defensive side of the football. What's going to be the big key for them to kind of focus in on? Because I think we, we noticed with the Florida State game to open up the season, Florida State was just bringing the pressure and causing Jade Daniels to have a lot of happy feet. Does the front seven have to kind of do that, or is there something else they're keying in on on this contest? Well, I think there's a couple of things. You've got to stop the run. And I think, you know, hearing Brian Kelly talk this week, it, it's clear that they'd like to shorten the game and kind of limit Mississippi State's possessions and yeah, you know, that's been difficult to do. And I, I think, you know, when you look at that Florida State game, you know, LSU struggled to run the football outside of Jaden Daniels. And, and he brings a challenge in and of himself. And it's what's interesting about Jaden Daniels is there's a lot of guys out there that are labeled like true dual-threat quarterbacks. That's not what he is. Now, he, this is a guy that can hurt you with his arm, very efficient among the league leaders and quarterback efficiency. And But when things break down, he's a plus runner, you know, but he's not a guy that looks to run first. And I think sometimes he gets a little bit mislabeled with all that. I think Mississippi State's biggest challenge tonight is what happens when Jaden Daniels elects to play backyard football? You know, what what happens when the protection protection breaks down and he's able to get outside the pocket? Because last week, Jaden DeLora from Arizona had some opportunities to, to run, but was rather reluctant to do that. That won't be the case tonight. And so, how can State contain Jaden Daniels and maybe keep him in the pocket, make him play within the framework of the offense? I think that's the biggest challenge. Talk right now, Steve Robertson, part of 24-7 Sports, hosts the Jeans page for portion that covers Mississippi State Bulldogs football as well as recruiting. But looking at the team as a whole right now, you're 2-0, two really solid wins to open up the season, one against Memphis, who has been a team that's been in the top 25 in recent years and obviously getting a win on the road over in Arizona that's never an easy feat but what you say about this team again year three under Mike Leach how this team's really developed and how he's been able to kind of build things up over in Stark Vegas 
Well, I think there's some confidence now. You know, I, I read an incredible stat earlier this week. Defensively, Mississippi State, 17 of their 22 defensive players in the two deep have three years of experience in the same system. And, and that's, you know, under Dan Mullen, it was basically the flavor of the month. I mean, you know, it was a different defensive coordinator every single year. But, you know, Zach Arnett's not been here for, you know, going this third season, and the majority of this defense has already been there. And so I think that's one of the reasons that they have been so good defensively. I mean, last week against Arizona, they allowed 40 yards rushing, and 34 of that came on one play on the first drive of the game. And so guys understand their roles. They understand how to play within the framework of the defense. And so you're not seeing as many of these lapses defensively. You're not seeing guys get uh, you know, get out of position as much. And there will be some things I'm sure Brian Kelly and the staff will scheme up to try to get the matchups they want, especially with, uh, with Butte and, and neighbors. But uh, I think State feels like they can match up, and it's a very confident team Nobody's coming down here just to play the game. I think everybody in Maroon and White expects to come to win. I got one more for you before I let you go, Steve, and it's more about the LSU-Mississippi State rivalry because it's been about seven, eight years since the infamous Dak Prescott game where he was able to pull off the big upset over LSU and kind of make this rivalry even of a, like a bigger deal on a big stage. How how much have you seen this rivalry grow since that since Dak Prescott led the Bulldogs to a huge win? Well, it's certainly been a lot more competitive. I mean, yeah, I lived in Baton Rouge for 16 years, and uh, I can tell you it was kind of miserable at times because the, the Tigers were very successful during that stretch, winning a couple of national championships. But uh, you know, when you look at what's happened in recent years, this game is it's taken on some importance. You know, if people forget. You know, 2017, I guess 2018. You know, Nick Fitzgerald and the guys put up a 37-7 win, which is the, the largest margin of victory for Mississippi State in the series. And you know, this is a game they always want to win. And I think in years past, it was just something that was endured rather than enjoyed. And I, I don't, I won't say that Mississippi State ever just expects to win. You know, the CLSU on a schedule and you, you pencil that in as a W, that doesn't happen. But I think now people feel like, you know what, we can be competitive uh, with this program and come out there and play a very competitive brand of football. And so – there are a lot of people, a lot of Mississippi State people coming to town that are optimistic the Bulldogs are going to come out here 3-0. Steve, thank you so much for coming on, my man. We'll talk to you down the road. Enjoy the game tonight as well as your weekend. You guys too. Take care. All right, Steve Robertson, part of 24-7 Sports, covers Mississippi State Bulldogs as part of jeanspage.com. Appreciate him joining the program as always. We're going to go ahead and take a quick timeout, come back, wrap up hour number one, give my thoughts on the Louisiana Raging Cajuns as they head into a big game on the road against Rice. More importantly, is this team a second-half team? We'll talk about that and take your calls, 337-706-0111. You're listening to the game, 1037 Lafayette and 104 One Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. Back to Under the Dome with CD right here on the game. 103.7 Lafayette and 104.01 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. And I got to say, time is running out for you to score tickets to see the Houston Astros live and in living color. Don't be like I'm a Coach Hackett for the Denver Broncos or Les Miles at LSU and let the clock run out on you getting a chance to see the Astros for free because you got a chance to see them in entering the rewards club today at 1037thegame.com or 1041thegame.com. You'll have a chance to win four tickets 
to see the Houston Astros take on the Tampa Bay Rays on Saturday, October 1st. And we'll even throw in a tour of the ballpark and hotel accommodations for that night. This is the final Astros weekend getaway of the regular season. I know this thing is wrapping up in mere days. So again, don't be like the Denver Broncos last weekend or last Monday night, the way they bungled the clock management in the final moments and enter in today in the clubhouse at 1037thegame.com or 1041thegame.com. Astros weekend getaways are powered by Butcher Air Conditioning, Love Meridian Houston downtown, and the game, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station, also your home for the Houston Astros, except when you have, you know, the NFL and LSU bump them around. They'll be on News Talk 98.5. How about those Astros last night? A hell of a win. We'll get to that more later on in the show. But I am convinced about the Louisiana Raging Cajuns that they are a second-half team. But I'm hopeful they can make themselves a four-quarter type team when it matters the most. Because I think that what I saw last week, and got to see it live in living color, not on the NFL Network, no, at Cajun Field. Did I get to meet Coach Ogeron and did Coach Foe come out? Well, might have to unlock a Patreon for that story. I'm just kidding. We didn't meet Coach O, didn't drop the, oh, go Tigers, type stuff. No, we didn't drop the Coach Foe on him. Probably would have gotten slapped around, but I will say this. That was a hell of a ball game by the Cajuns, more because of the fact that you had this team put up like 42-7 to run in the second half. They had an hour-long lightning delay. There was not a drop of rain around Cajun Field on Saturday night. There was literally lightning about three miles away. That was it. Delayed the game about an hour. They basically treated that like halftime. After the third quarter, you could tell that the Cats from Ypsilanti, Michigan, and Eastern Mish, they were absolutely getting trounced because that humidity was starting to get to them. They were absolutely getting cooked in a lot of different ways. That offensive line was starting to fall apart, and more importantly, the Cajun secondary was getting a second wind. Now, does that mean that you're going to be a nail-biter every game? I don't necessarily think so. I just feel like this was one of those rare anomalies where the Cajuns couldn't get their feet underneath them early on in that ball game, mainly because that Eastern Michigan team was playing a lot more tempo. They were playing a lot more fast and loose and making sure that you know your assignments and making sure we're just getting you off guard, playing a lot of tempo, playing a lot of no huddle early on in that ball game. And that was a big reason why. A lot of chunk plays led up to that. A lot of penalties kind of wound up costing down the road, but I think it was a lot more beneficial to have that first half and then adjust and then you started to see Eastern Michigan on both sides of the ball start to get a little bit more gassed. And they're playing Rice tonight. They're 11 point favorites in that ball game. And we'll get, get to more of the lines to start off hour number two. But that kind of surprised me. Again, the Cajuns are, are probably going to be favored in almost every game this year. I say almost every game. I think Marshall could be a game where they are slight underdogs. Could be completely wrong here, 
but I'm thinking that's the direction that line's going to go. But they're big favorites. The Louisiana Raging Cajuns are in that contest. And I was definitely intrigued by those morning lines. More because of the fact that you have, or opening lines, I should say. Because I think that's a fair point of view. I'd probably say, I probably would personally drop the line down to nine and a half, nine points at the lowest. Because I think this could be a lot more of a competitive game than some are saying. Because I don't think this Cajuns team is going to be blowing teams out of the water like they did at Eastern Michigan. Unless they're playing really, really, really bad teams. And the Rice Owls, on paper, are not are one and one on the year. They're not a team that's getting blown out by teams you expect to get blown out by. They lost to USC last weekend, or two weeks ago, 66-14. But then they bounce around and win 52 to 10. So you can't quite have a good takeaway on what the Owls bring to the table. But I think it's going to be a win for the Cajuns nonetheless when they take on the former Sam Houston Institute of Technology. We'll take a quick time out. When we come back, hour two, that means we get to the Fave 5 picks to click the five-game parlay. Last weekend was a bit of a yuck fest. We'll kind of laugh at that also. Laugh at myself and my pain of being right about something but not placing money on it. You're listening to the game, 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station, and your home for the Houston Astros and the LSU Tigers. <laughs> 